بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد In the last session we were speaking about truth and what it does to a person in terms of psychologically the person is at balance the person is at contentment with oneself because they're always telling the truth and always doing the truth there's no guilty feeling whatever whatsoever in their life and in their approach to things and eventually that will play out to the benefit of the person so in the opposite of that is obviously falsehood and lying which eventually lead, leads to fujur which eventually leads to a form of sin or transgression sin and transgression means going beyond the boundary that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed so as soon as a person goes beyond the boundary then that's what it's going to be Fisq and Fujur uh, essentially returns to the meaning of uh, the seed coming out of, uh, uh, of the ground, something coming out of a place where it's hidden. And uh, sinning, well, Fujur, uh, Fujur, which means transgression and sinning, Yurithu Sakhat Allah, it creates, it brings upon the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's anger is brought about, then clearly there's no barakah, the blessing is taken away. The mercy doesn't come in. Then slowly, slowly it starts having problem. When Allah is angry with somebody, He's got multiple ways, infinite ways in fact, to seize the person, to show his, the effect of His anger. Multiple ways. I mean, we have numerous ways if you want to show anger to somebody. We're only limited by our physical and mental prowess of what we can do and determine. If we want to get back at somebody, then it depends on what kind of thing our mind conjures up. And then we're limited only by what we physically can do. Or maybe the kind of contacts and other assistance we can muster. That's basically it. And then we're limited by a time period of how long we can focus on this thing. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has infinitely more ways of getting at people. And it doesn't even have to be immediate, it can be later. So slowly something will happen in the house. Maybe some disobedience will take place between people that you're supposed to love and they're supposed to love you. Maybe something will happen with the job that you do, the business that we have. It could be in, in so many different things. And if that happens and a person connects the two and makes tawbah, then they can make amends quickly. But if a person cannot even connect the two, that's the worst of the situation. If a person can't even connect the two, they're having problems and they're becoming very miserable and they're still not making tawbah, they, in fact they continue with their transgression then that's even more of a sad, sad case. Aisha radiallahu anha says that there was no khuluq, there was no akhlaq, there was no character trait that was more lowly and despicable and degrading in the sight of the companions of Allah's Messenger sallallahu than falsehood. That's just, true believers can never be false. Because true belief in Allah means that we need to be true to everything. How can you then be untrue to somebody else if you're very true to Allah? Where you can't even see straight away 
the consequence of being un- being truthful or untruthful. وقال ابن عباس وقال ابن وقال عبد الله بن عباس رضي الله عنهما لا تتكلم فيما لا يعنيك ولا تمارس فيها ولا حليما واذكر أخاك بما تحب أن تذكر به. عبد الله بن عباس رضي الله عنه gives a few examples. He gives a bit of advice. He says, don't speak except in that which concerns you. Don't speak except in that what concerns you. You know, this is like we speak about, we, we, we give this advice all the time, we hear this advice all the time, but it's very difficult to put into effect. Do you know why? I've got a theory, I think. The reason why it's so difficult to put that into effect is because I think a lot of this is based on the culture and environment you're used to. If you're just used to and sit with people that speak about all sorts of stuff, wasting of time, panchat, chatter, gossip, right? Whether that be online now, you can do it. You know, sometimes a person is a loner, but they can do this online now. They're, 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 they're embarrassed to speak out, but they can write. It's the environment. I think, personally, I think this has a huge amount to do with environment. If there's people who don't like to hear things from us that are not very savory, that are just la ya'ni, then you're going to see that in their face. Even if they can't see something, they're going to like, you know, they're change the subject or something like that. But when you've got, mashallah, people who like to do this with you and they like the banter and everything, it's just a bit of a banter they say, right? I mean, people are trying to pass off. I mean, have you seen these... Uh, Online problems when somebody says something. Oh, it was just a bit of banter. It was hurtful. It's just a bit of banter. It's just like it should be jais. It should be permissible. It should be tolerated, because my intention was banter. How do I know what your intention is? Do you understand? So, and and this is achievable actually. It's difficult, but it's achievable. You just have to. If you're in a family that does this, then that's very tough because you're living with them many many hours of the day. But if you can change that in the family, especially now if you are the head of the household, right? It's difficult when you're just one of the siblings and you don't, you know, there's not much you can do except retire to your room. And that's also harmful as well when you, when you break away with it from everybody. That's really harmful. A lot of people think that's the answer to everything, but that's sometimes very harmful. It's about striking the balance, but that's human. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy. We have to understand that. We have to approach this by understanding this is very complex because we are going to be dealing with other people's behavior, desires, habits that have spanned for decades for a lot of people. They just don't understand what the difference is. But what I believe is that if this is brought up over and over again in a nice way, this is how I benefited, I think, to a certain degree. When you just hear about it a lot, you read about it, and you read the harms about uh, of it, then you then you're more careful about what you say, man, that, that was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. There's no benefit. Bila fa'ida. But that is, I think, what gets us into the most trouble because incorporated within it are so many other calamities. We're going to be making mockery of somebody, most likely. That will come out in it. Uh, if, if, even if it's just between us about somebody else, it's going to be ghibat, right? backbiting. It could become slander if it's even incorrect. A lot of stuff that we hear is incorrect is not completely accurate. So there may be a small amount which is accurate, but somebody's magnified it and exaggerated it. 
So that becomes then a bit of ghiba and a bit of slander. It could create an enmity with somebody. It could create arrogance. There are just so many things because you start when you start talking down about somebody, then a natural reaction to it is that we're not like that, even though we may be. So there are just so many things that are calamity in here. And it feels so nice when you don't have to speak about anybody. It feels so nice. In fact, what Imam Ghazali mentions is that the ghibat of the ulama, he calls it, I think. The ghibat of the wannabe ulama. Which is that, oh, look at that guy. He's got, he, they give a praise. If only they give a praise, he's so good, he's very good at this, that or the other. If only he wouldn't do this. And we say it in a counseling way. We say it in a way that we mean well for them. But why are we bringing up to somebody else for what can... If I tell you about somebody else and you got no impact on that person, why should I tell you about it? When it's not even harmful what he does to you. It's just a bad point the person has, but it's not a contagious hard, uh, bad point. One is that somebody's a swindler, a con man, a cheater, um, something like that. Then that's different. So it's about mentioning, uh, mentioning somebody w with an outward uh, expression of advising them or meaning well for them. But is it the right place to say it? It's a really complicated thing. That's why just avoid it unless absolutely necessary and then justify it if you have to. You have to justify before you say it. But we've become the other way around and I think this is very cultural. Because in... Uh, personally, I think that it also depends on how busy you are. It also depends on how focused the person is. So a person who is very focused on high achievement for themselves and for the, especially for the, uh, with an akhirah in view, they will do less of this. They don't have time for it. It's like the, the people who don't let their children, who are on the highest level of society, don't let their children watch too much TV, but make them work hard. Because they know that that is just all a waste of time. We've got something more to focus on. There's one country I went to recently. It's a, mashallah, very laid-back community. Only about 3,000 Muslims there. Right? All from one area, by the way, of India as well. In fact, all from one area of Gujarat. <laughs> mashallah, right? So, you know, no, no mixed. And just from one area and probably a few villages within that area of Gujarat. And mashallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given it to them that uh, they only have to work about three days and they can get away with it. Like they go and sell things to others and on credit and not interest, just credit. And mashallah, halal business and they can make enough money and it's relaxed. And So what do they do the other four days? What are you going to do in a village if you've got nothing else to do? And it's not season of harvest where you don't have to go behind a sugar cane, for example. Or you're living up north and you know, you've got nothing to do in the evening. I mean, not to say they all do that, but what do you do? You have to find a discussion. That's why after Salat, people will sit for hours outside the masjid and just talk. And then when you start talking about too much, then it gets very complicated. So you work for three days and do panchat for four days. That's sad. 
And then the phones are free in those countries, the landlines. So America, the local lines are free. So all day long, that's what it is. This is the sad fact. This is, this is what the problem is. This kills a person. It's just constantly taking away from us. It's a massive problem. And you know, such people who like a lot of this banter, if they start becoming positive, religious and knowledgeable, they, they can become a very good resource. There's just some people who like to speak a lot. I can't do that. I can speak in a formal, but if I'm to hold a conversation, unless it's really... Uh, I see this as my weakness, to be honest, but uh, in, a, in a sense. If it's kaam ki baat, if it's something that I need to talk about, and I've got something in common, I can have a good conversation. But if I've got nothing in common, I find it very difficult to even give nasiha. Except in a formal setting, that's the way I see it, right? But there's some people, they can speak to anybody. Now, if when speaking to just anybody, and mashallah, they're very captivating as well. If they can just replace all the waste that they spill out and start reading, learning, they could become massive forces. And I've seen somebody, they're not ulama even. But they've got this ability that you can sit with them and mashallah, you know, they... A lot of people learn this in tabligh, by the way. Because there it's an environment, it's an it's a, it's a, uh, Islamic environment. They pick up a lot of things and then they can sit down and talk about this. And they can sometimes give better, uh, better da'wah than even ulama. Because they, it's just a practice. Right? So if anybody is like that, then try to learn good things to speak about. And benefit people. Instead of harming yourself and harming other people with the ghibah, the blasphemy, and all of these other things that come up, comes about in it. Because eventually it leads to that. وَلَا تُمَارِ سَفِيهًا وَلَا حَلِيمًا And then he says, do not ever debate with, a, with an idiot or a foolish person. A person who you can't have common terms with. That's what I call a foolish person. Who can't understand where you're coming from and you can't understand where they're coming from. You're both on different platforms. When you can't have common grounds with somebody, you can't hold a discussion. You can only have a sane, logical, rational discussion with somebody when you both can come to some agreement on at least some fundamentals. When a person is shifting foundations and fundamentals and principles, you can't discuss with that person who just doesn't understand it. That's what uh, Ibn Abbas عنه, is saying and that's the ulama used to say, like Imam Ghazali has related, that if you're going to even befriend somebody, then don't befriend a foolish person because you can't trust them. You don't have common grounds with them. You can't agree that this is our principle that we're going to be going upon, that we're going to be following. They think differently. It's like uh, a friend of mine, he described a certain group of people. He said they're like camels. What does that mean? A camel is, though it's your camel, you can't trust it. A camel has its own mind. When you tell it to sit down, is it going to sit on the right-hand side or the left-hand side? You don't know. So if you're, sit, if you're standing on the wrong side, it could sit on you. Because it just kind of plops itself down. But it could be on the right-hand side or the left-hand side, and you don't want that coming upon you. So you can't trust it. So how can you argue with somebody that doesn't have a certain line, a certain 
agreed upon principle between you and them that okay these are accepted facts let's go beyond that now likewise there's no point arguing with a halim with a forbearing person because there's nothing to argue about they're forbearing patient right? and above all he says remember your brother remember others speak about others when you make mention of others mention them speak about them and discuss them as you would like to be discussed yourself by others see a lot of people they don't um, understand how it feels until somebody tells them that so-and-so is saying this about you and it's completely incorrect and you know it's incorrect then you start understanding what we may be doing to other people unfortunately not many people come and are gonna speak in your face they speak behind you are completely inaccurate or exaggerated very few people will say things about others that are completely accurate because very few people are particular. If they're very particular, why would they even speak about you unless absolutely necessary? So people who speak about others, they are generally loose. They're not particular about things. In fact, in the world, how many people are very particular about things? How many people are perfectionists? How many people are really concerned about the boundaries? Which is very casual. Most people are generally very casual in their approach to everything. And when we're casual in that sense, then we risk getting into areas that are not ours. And when we hear that somebody said this, that, or the other about us, then, and you know it's inaccurate, we get very angry that why am I being misrepresented? So, likewise, be careful how you speak about other people. And when you read this advice, then you will start thinking, if you think, if you remember this advice, keep it in mind. And then the next time you speak about this, you will see that, I, I noticed this myself, that sometimes I would say things in a kind of a universal way, in a general way, but it was not accurate. It was not accurate. I mean, what kind of an example can I provide? Um, you know, like things they say, he's always doing this. When you actually think about that, no, he's not always doing this. He only does this in this particular context. When I've just told somebody he always does this, I'm just shutting him down completely. I'm not giving him, I'm not accurate, accurately representing them. And that's wrong. Yes, he does that in certain contexts. And he could have a valid reason for doing that. But I'm saying that he does that all the time. If somebody said the same thing about us, would say, no, I know, uh, yes, I do that in a particular case, not all the time. But they've misrepresented me to say that that's what I do all the time. Somebody say, he gets very angry all the time. No, he doesn't. He only gets angry in particular cases. But they're misrepresenting. It's very difficult. That's why just abstain is the best. وَعْمَلْ عَمَلَ رَجُلٍ يَعْلَمُ أَنَّهُ مُجَازًا بِالْإِحْسَانِ مَأْخُوذٌ بِالْإِجْرَامِ um, act Act in the way of a person Meaning make such a person your role model Whether that person is a mythical individual Like a model individual Or it's a real person that you know What is their characteristic? The one, such a person who knows that Whenever he does anything good He will be rewarded 
for good, but he will also be seized and afflicted for doing wrong. So be that kind of a person and do those kind of deeds. So if you can think of such a person, you know such a person who's like that, who's very conscious about doing good and avoiding evil, then be like that person or think of such a person, have a model in your mind of such a person and try to be like that person. Do you understand? A person who is very focused on doing good and knowing that he will be rewarded for doing good and a person who knows he'll be punished for doing wrong. Be that kind of a person. And adim shukrak. Make sure that you are constantly thankful. Make sure you are constantly thankful. What it means by being thankful is that you remember Allah whenever something good happens. I sit here today in this new place that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, literally Allah gave this out of thin air. Right? Um, I didn't go to look for this place, never intended to be here, never looked in this area. It plopped into our laps and we had to do something about it and use it. I have to do shukr to Allah. Where would you get that from? Anything that happens to you, anything you acquire, do shukr to Allah. All thanks is to Allah. That's true shukr when you actually believe that something has come to you from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You got a new car. You got to your destination in good time. No traffic. You're traveling somewhere. Do shukr. Everything, anything. Just keep thinking about Allah. It's very, very powerful because you get connected to Allah. And Allah gives you more if you do that. You got to work on good time and your project finished quickly. Thank Allah. That project could have taken much longer. There could have been so many obstacles within it. Imagine the multiple obstacles that could come about in anything. Computers stop working. Other people who are supposed to collaborate don't come in time, don't give in time. Whatever it is, there's just so many variables in this quantum world that we live in. Everything. From the macro level to the micro, there are just so many different things that could just go wrong. Why did it all just come together? From Allah. Now thank Allah. And more and more things will become easier in your life. That's why generally the people who do shukr, they are generally more happy. They're grateful, they're generally more happy. Because if we're living in a... The way I look at it is that if we are living in this world as just... uh, Nobody in this world is a loner. Nobody lives in this world in an isolated way. Where we are social creatures. Human beings are not individuals on a planet by themselves in emptiness. We're surrounded. We are, we are in a locus. We, are, we take up space in this world where other people also, say, also share that space. We have to interact with people. What we do affects others, what others do affects us. At some level or the other. It's amazing. So, in that sense, if we're balanced with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the way He wants us to be, and we're thanking Allah that He's putting all of these things right, and we're, the, the, the space we are taking up, the place we occupy, the time that we are occupying in this world, Everything is coming together around us in a way to benefit us. Then why shouldn't we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Waqsur waqsur min amalik. Waqsur min amalik. 
That means shorten your vain hopes. Shorten your vain hopes. And how do you do that? If you love the world, you love possessions, you want a bigger company, you want to own a bigger company, or if you're in the corporate world, you want to just be at the top of your game. And then you want to be on the board of, you know, because in everything you go, like if you are working one company, you want to be, then be, you look at other people, or he sits on the board of this company, and that company, and that company. That, that's, a, that, that's the next ambition, isn't it, for a lot of people. So if that's in the corporate world, if your business, oh, I want my business to be this big. My house to be this large. In fact, it's not about one house anymore. It's about, I want this many houses so I can take the rent and be a property owner. So it's all of these things. Now, how do you manage such a thing? How do you just stop saying, no, no, I don't want, I'm not going to have any of that. What do you think is helpful in that regard? What I think is helpful, Allah knows best, and there could be so many things that are helpful, of course, tawfiq of Allah is the main thing, is that if you start focusing on the hereafter, and what you want for the hereafter, then there is no doubt that that will then eventually, once you can push that through the roof, and that become the priority, then this becomes less a priority. Then even if you do have an idea that I want this many houses, I want to sit on this many boards, I want to become the counsellor, the, the, an MP, whatever, you know, whether it's political ambitions or whatever it is, doesn't matter. All of that will then be praiseworthy because you'll be doing it for the hereafter. It won't be done in vain anymore. So you could still have the same ambitions and goals, but you will do them for a different reason now. Because you've suddenly put all of this in light of the hereafter, which we're eventually going to get to after that. And now whatever we do here has to be beneficial for that. So carry on with big ideas, but have greater ideas for the hereafter and these ideas will be put into their place. That's the way I look at it. There's nobody to stop you from, you know, to say, okay, I don't want any, I'm not going to go out tomorrow. I'm going to become a zahid and a setting, I'm going to sit in my house. That's not what is required from us. We need himma, we need aspiration. We need to desire, but if our desires are in conformance with the hereafter, then that's what's going to be of benefit. So work on the hereafter. Work on paradise. Work on satisfying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then we will understand, once you read more about that, read more Quran about that, you'll see that all of these things, it will suddenly be for that. All of these things will be blessed. And you'll get the dunya. But inshallah it will be of benefit for the hereafter as opposed to just purely of benefit of this world. So, وَأَدِمْ شُكْرَكْ and وَقْصُرْ مِنْ أَمَرِكْ وَزُرِ الْقُبُورَ بِهَمِّكْ Go and visit the qubur. <coughs> Go and visit the graveyards but with proper reflection. Going to visit a graveyard just like that doesn't have the same benefit as being very conscious about it. Inshallah, we'll continue with that another time. Allahumma anta salam wa anka salam tabarak ya dhal jalali wal ikram. Allahumma ya hayyu ya qiyyum bi rahmatika nastawif. Allahumma ya hannan ya mannan la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inna kunna minal zalimin.
Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim Allahumma, Allahumma ya hayu ya qayyum bi rahmatika nastaghith Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minu nabiyyuka Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri ma sa'adaka minu abduka wa nabiyyuka Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا وعافنا واهدنا وارزقنا اللهم اغفر لامتي سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغفر لوالدينا ولمشايخنا ولطلابنا ولاخواننا ولاخواتنا ولاصدقائنا ولازواجنا ولاولادنا ولاقاربنا ولكل من له حق علينا ولكل من اوصانا بالدعاء اللهم ارحمهم وعافهم واعف عنهم اللهم رب زدنا علما نافعا ورزقا واسعا وعملا متقبلا وشفاء من كل داء اللهم انا نعوذ بك من علم لا ينفع وقلب لا يخشع ونفس لا تشبع وعين لا تدمع ودعاء لا يستجاب له او الله we ask you for acceptance او الله we ask you for purity we ask you for blessing او الله we ask you for mercy او الله we ask you for forgiveness Oh Allah, we ask that you forgive us. Oh Allah, we ask you that you grant us purity and acceptance in your court. You make our hearts beloved. You make you make us beloved. You make uh, you make yourself beloved to us in our heart. Oh Allah, grant us your obedience and grant us your love and the love of those who love you. Oh Allah, we ask that you accept us for the service of your Deen. Oh Allah, we ask that you grant us the ability to thank you for all the multiple, infinite things that you have given us and you continue to give us. Oh Allah, we ask that you protect us from being ungrateful. Oh Allah, we ask you for gratitude. Oh Allah, we ask you for gratitude. We ask you for protection. Oh Allah, we ask you for closeness to you. Oh Allah, we ask you for tawfiq, for the best of this world, but the best of this and the hereafter. Oh Allah, allow all our endeavors of this world to be for your sake. O oh Allah, whatever we do, allow it to be for your sake. O oh Allah, protect us from wrongdoing. Protect us from mundane discussions. Protect us from idle talk. O oh Allah, protect us from wasting our time. O oh Allah, there are so many ways to waste our time nowadays. O oh Allah, we ask you to make us focused. And O oh Allah, a people of high resolution. O oh Allah, allow us, allow us, allow us your tawfiq. Allow us your tawfiq to do what you are pleased with. O oh Allah, before our death, allow us to be rectified. O oh Allah, we ask you for correction. We ask you for rectification. We ask you for full purity. O oh Allah, we ask that you accept us. O oh Allah, accept us. Only you know what we can, what you can take from us, or what you can make us do, and what you can accept from us. O oh Allah, we put ourselves in your hand to grant us afiyah, grant us well-being. O oh Allah, a permanency of well-being, and thanks upon your well-being. O oh Allah, we ask that you accept this place from those who have provided it to us. And O oh Allah, you allow us to use this place for the great benefit. O oh Allah, allow us to use it to its highest potential. Allow many to benefit from it. O oh Allah, allow many to benefit from it. And all those who have supported us and who have assisted us, O oh Allah, grant them great acceptance. Relieve them of their miseries, relieve them of their problems and grant them tawfiq. And O oh Allah, fulfill all of our permissible needs. O oh Allah, fulfill our permissible needs. O oh Allah, fulfill our permissible needs and protect this place and all of us from all of the harms that are out there, from all of the harms that are out there. O oh Allah, there are many, many fitna out there. We ask you to protect us and our children from all of those challenges. O oh Allah, we ask you to rise to the challenges of t this time and allow us to deal with them. O oh Allah, we ask you for the karima on our deathbed. 
And O oh Allah, we ask you that you make all of the stages easy for us, that we are in the company of your Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We ask that you send your abundant blessings on our Messenger Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and that you grant us his company in the hereafter. Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yasifun. Wasalamun Al Mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Adameen.